Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. I'm here to spotlight some of the most exciting film, television, and theater awards contenders working today. Who is in the running? What makes an awards-worthy performance? And how can you, my dear listener, win a statue of your own? We're sitting down for intimate, inspirational interviews with actors and artists to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more. It's an opportunity for some of today's most talented stars to share their craft and career advice, and maybe, just maybe, provide a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. There always has to be a self-awareness. You always have to know yeah. what you are as a product and what mm-hmm. you have to uh, offer the marketplace. So if there is, yes. you know, if I'm just a person who says words, well, there's mm. a millions of those. There's millions of those actors. Mm. But if I'm a person who says words in an interesting way and infuse myself in them and my personality, mm. then your chances skyrocket. We're ending on a bang with an Emmy winner, Sean Hayes. Yeah. Sean Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Guys, listeners, this there's a, a reason we uh, saved this one for last. Because Sean Hayes, as anyone who's seen him on camera or off, uh, can guess, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. And he was in WWE Raw. What? In 2012. Are you like... Are you pulling up his IMDb? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm on right his IMDb that's right hilarious. now. <laughs> um, for the, that's hilarious that that's one of his things. Sean Hayes, for those who don't know, is Jack McFarlane on NBC's Will and Grace, a groundbreaking, I'm just going to go ahead and call it a groundbreaking sitcom. Absolutely. About gay people. What? I know. On television? Um, on television, one of the first. Sean Hayes plays Jack McFarland, who was one of the first openly gay, flamboyantly gay men on TV. And what's interesting and what's delightful is that Will and Grace was revived at NBC yeah. nine years later. I'm doing very well. And doing very well. I grew up, Will and Grace was always sort of playing. It's it's a syndicated, it's like, it's a sitcom. It's like everyone kind of knows Will and Grace. Mm. But um, I was not quite as aware of the awards side of things. This show won an insane amount of Emmys. Wow. And and other awards too. Yeah. Sean Hayes at one point held the record for most SAG awards for an actor. For really? An actor. Yeah. Wow. He and Megan Mullally both yeah. together. He has four SAG awards, but he did win an Emmy. Every, all four of the main cast members have, have an Emmy. Megan wow. Mullally has two. And they've all been nominated a ton of times. And guest stars come onto that show and they win an Emmy. And it wins for writing. It wins for best comedy series. I mean, I was not aware that it was like an awards magnet. Yeah. no, neither And frankly, this is the first year that that's eligible for the new Emmys. It, it premiered in the fall. Mm. And so the 2018 Emmys are coming up and there's no telling how much love it's going to get. We'll find out on July 12th. Yeah. However, it's safe to say that it's going to get something. Right. right. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Yeah. Sean Hayes. And it's not common that a reboot <laughs> is going to have right. had that impact. We are in the kind way of in this a little bit of a uh, yeah a craze of reboots now, and the Will and Grace one is it's so genius because it it sort of it didn't necessarily rebrand itself. In, in fact, in, in many ways, it feels exactly as it as it yeah. did. That nostalgia is a lot of the reason why it's still successful, and that humor is still so perfect and like on point. There's slapstick mm. comedy still. Yeah. still. The four of them are still geniuses of slapstick comedy. But it's also got a little bit more of a political bent to it. Apparently none of them age as well, which oh, is yeah. amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can vouch for this in person now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deborah Messing, uh, Eric McCormick, Sean Hayes, and Meg Mullally. The four of them together, four of them individually are geniuses, but mm. together... Yeah, great ensemble. That's yeah. such a brilliant... Ex- it's probably one of the best examples on TV of, yeah. of comedic chemistry Absolutely. being more than the sum of its parts. I have no idea, but they seem like they have just natural chemistry between mm-hmm. them as people. Yeah. And it comes across whether it is the truth in real life or not. <laughs> sure. But it certainly it certainly appears that way on yeah. screen. Maybe they're just brilliant actors and they hate each other. But <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I, I doubt it. I don't think that's true. No, and Sean, Sean kind of gives 
gives us a lovely glimpse into the process. First of all, like the early, early, early process of how he got involved in the show. It's always interesting to see how a comedy started off. Yeah. But um, how he does what he does. Mm. He's, a unpar- he's peerless in his physical comedy. Yeah. Um, and I kept trying to be like, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? Yeah. Um, and he knows how to talk to actors, for sure. He's very much a producer. He's also a musician. He studied classical piano. Um, he got his start practicing improv-, improv at Second City. It's the kind of thing where he's got the resume that a working actor can look at and who wants to do any form of comedy, there's going to be something on Sean Hayes' resume that right. is going to resonate with that person. Definitely. And he's got the wisdom to spare. And he's so freaking funny. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, he's one of these people with funny bones. You know, he's totally. just funny. You yeah. know, he can't not be funny. Yeah. But as if, li- as that, if listeners yeah. are surprised to hear that. Right. Sure, exactly. Like, yeah. This is our last episode for a while. Uh, we'll be back with more come, you know, Emmy nominations, hopefully. And we'll see how many of our In the Envelope guests were nominated for Emmys, which will be fun. Yeah. And then uh, right around the corner is film award season. It just never ends. And like I could be more thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> truly. Truly. I'm really excited for um, for what's to come. Thank you, Jamie, for your work. Oh, it's been a pleasure. On all of this. As always. And uh, let's end on this wonderful note of the interview with Sean Hayes. Yeah. This podcast is, of course, brought to you, listeners, by Backstage. Listen... Aside from all the great inspiration and tips and all of that stuff we offer for free, like this amazing podcast, Backstage also gives you access to incredible casting calls all over the world. That is why it's the world's number one casting platform. If you're curious or if you're an actor yourself and you really want to jumpstart your career and you're ready to take the advice and the inspiration you've heard here in this very episode and use it, go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E. That's, again, 30 days completely free to try backstage where you can make a profile, upload a headshot, upload a reel, start browsing the casting notices, and start applying to jobs. Because who knows? Maybe one day, I'll be interviewing you. Again, that's backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code ENVELOPE. Sean Hayes is the Emmy-winning and four-time SAG-winning star of NBC's Will & Grace, where he played the iconic role of Jack McFarland for years and is now gracing our TV screens again after a nine-year break. He's also a Tony nominee for Promises Promises and works as a producer on his company Hazy Mills Productions. You know him, you love him. Here it is, our interview with Sean Hayes. Hi. Hi. Welcome. What Thank else is you. going on today? Did you have other... Is this it? Are we rolling? Is this gonna I think be... we're rolling. Yeah. Oh my God, this is going to be so thrilling. It's just like off the cuff, right? Um, no. <laughs> what else do I have going on today? Oh my gosh. Well, just a bunch of stuff. Boring stuff to other people. But where my company, Hazy Mills Productions, we're yes. casting a couple pilots right now. So it's hard to oh, cool. um, oh, keep wow. all the characters separate in your brain from each Different script. Shows? Yeah. yeah. Oh. But... Um, Meanwhile, there are Syrian refugees, you know, that don't have homes. So I, I always keep and things in perspective. Getting shot up. Yeah, exactly. Betty Gabriel of Get Out was just here in the studio. She says to say hello. She was the actress in that movie Get Out. She said, "Sean Hayes definitely doesn't know who I am, but she wanted to." say I hello. I love that movie. Wait, yeah. which one was she? She was Georgina, the mysterious maid. Do you know? Wait, do you want to know something? I'm obsessed with her, like the rest <laughs> of the world. Are you really? Oh, I mean, did was she her perform? Wait, she but just what, left. she just left. Mm-hmm. Do you know her perform? Did you see the movie? Oh my, of course. Oh my, wasn't God. her performance was unbelievable? <laughs> yes. Do you know that, Joy? Yeah. I mean, extraordinary. The fact that she could cry through a smile. How yes. many people can do that? And essentially play two characters who are fighting with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's brilliant. Amazing. She's gonna love to hear this. Yeah. She's a fan of yours. Well, good. I mean, we're gonna have to <laughs> vacation together. Yeah. Um, I want to get into it with you and Will and Grace, too, in terms of, like, what role yeah. it plays in our cultural consciousness and how important it is and all of that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, um, was that the question? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be our first question. Why do we need Will and Grace? Why has it come back? Uh, I don't know. Everybody needs it. But, no, um, uh, that's nice of you to say all those things. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, 
it's a it's an interesting thing that the show came back at the time that it did because mm-hmm. people keep saying that to me that oh thank you so much we need the show back thank you and yeah. um I, I think they just mean by I mean literally turn on your TV now the news is just mm-hmm. it's everything shit, and mm-hmm. that's what it feels like at least and uh, mm-hmm. to a lot of people and and so I think people miss um, multi good multi cams mm. and I think there's some comfort in multi cams they oh, yeah. remind you of a uh, better time uh, maybe in your mm. life and nostalgia uh, yeah nostalgia and um, they're. You know, good ones are are comforting. I think people miss. Um, you know, also you have a million channels um, with even as many of shows. You know, there's just Too so many, many choices out there yeah. that I think people people's time is very valuable to them mm-hmm. and so I don't know how much they have to invest in new things to maybe find out if they like them or not mm-hmm. and so something about Will and Grace is it's a guaranteed you know laugh to them right. and so they know well at least I have this many hours carved out of my day or my week to watch I want to fill it with something I know that will deliver yeah and so I think oh, yeah. maybe that's also why they thank thank us coming back in right. addition to other things well, and it is interesting, like you say, like it's back to a more nostalgic time in many ways, but gay visibility and gay even rights yeah. have come a long way since it was last on the air. Absolutely. So in that way, it's almost um, our relationship with gays in pop culture yeah. <laughs> has changed Well, since now, the show. in the best way, yes. gay, gay characters are now not even a, a second thought. You know what I mean? It's right. like every show is a gay character. So mm-hmm. in that respect, we've come leaps and bounds. Uh, however, yes. I think our little bubbles, New York and L.A. and sh- maybe Chicago and Tell me about it. San yes. Francisco and other places, um, we think it's going swimmingly. Yeah. And meanwhile... Um, there are still people out there, you know, the Kim Davises, the Mike Pences, and all of these yeah. things that you read and hear and watch that point. Otherwise, that there's a, there's still people out there that that still have a pro- problem with gay people, which is <laughs> mind-blowing to me. Like, how your life wasn't different before gay marriage was legal. How right. is it different now that gay marriage is legal? Right. Um, their lives ha- are, are completely not impacted. Right. By, by, by any measure. Yeah. You know, so it's always mind-blowing that Will and Grace was on when it was before that, Ellen before mm-hmm. that, you know, mm-hmm. Billy Crystal and Soap before. You, know, you can name a million examples. Yeah. And all of a sudden, people are, not all of a sudden, but people are still having a problem with it. I don't know. It just blows yeah. my mind. I would it love to have a mind. really long lunch with, like, Michelle Bachman or something. Right. And just really, like, yeah. so what is it? Yeah. What What is the problem? Why are you... Losing sleep over this. Yeah. How does it impact you? I mean, when the, po- when, when the Pope uh-huh. says, yeah. in, I'm paraphrasing, I, you know, I don't have any problem with gay people as long as they have God in their in their yeah. in their lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what else is the problem? Because I thought what y'all listened to the Pope. You? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, look at why, why we so we just got so angry all of a sudden. I know. <laughs> There's so much anger out there. I do. I'm a firm believer that that. Pop culture matters, and and especially on a show like Will and Grace, because it was network TV. Right. That the fact that it's kind of available there when you turn it on. Right. If you accidentally catch (laughs) five minutes of of Jack on your TV, well, yeah, and you're a bigoted, gay hating person, maybe it opens the door a tiny little bit. Yeah, because there's nothing like the power of laughter and comedy. Exactly. I mean, nobody's listening when you yell at them. They'll only listen to you mm-hmm. if you're telling a joke in a funny way, mm-hmm. or you can you can tickle their funny bone in that in that sense. You know, um, yes. uh, and it, it's it's amazing the the doors and the minds that comedy can open, and that's why yeah I love the show. Yeah, that's why I love the show too. And I I I don't want to call it criticism, but like anything else, that it, it is a show that has received criticism in terms of you can always find a fault with some of that humor. Sure, but I think that. Even poking fun at gay culture and at gays mm-hmm. was revolutionary. That's still an important way of bringing the visibility. Sure, to the I don't know. TVs. What, I don't know what the show would have been if we didn't poke fun at ourselves. Right. So what? We all just that's Cause that's a different show. Yeah, because like you say, you don't want to like spoon feed essentially 
some message of like you don't want to have some preacher going up there and saying gays are okay. Right. Here's why. But see, that's what's so great about the way they write the show too. Max and David and all the writers. Max Muchnick, David Cohen, brilliant um, writers and obviously amazing talented showrunners and show creators. But they created the character of Karen, which is mm-hmm. uh, built in gay bashing. Yep. You know, in the gay show. Right. So they gave. She's basically Archie Bunker. You know, uh, she's yeah. she's a right wing, um, you know, friend to all Republicans kind yeah. of character. And so you it's so smart because you she calls everybody out on their shit before the audience can. So right. um, she's almost like the voice of those people should they be watching. Right. And she's a character who's very put together and, and on top of her. Shit. Yeah. And it's the same thing, actually, with 30 Rock with um Jack Donaghy was also uh-huh. like conservative right wing, and he was never seen as anything other than like perfect and right. on top of things. And Liz Lemon was the mess. All right. And it's the same. It's daring, I think, yeah. to say and to give it to someone like Megan Mullally who can run with things yeah. and make things really funny. She's brilliant at it. Right. And you know, um, it's it's uh, yeah. I don't know that you you have to be really careful when introducing those characters in new shows now. Yeah. You know, fortunately for mm. us, that character's grandfathered in. Right. And so, but now you have to be really careful because mm. the message, if not delivered in the right way by the right person, is is very That's could be true. could be very shitty. Yeah, when she's not soulless or evil. Yeah. She has some bad intentions, but right. She also has heart. Right. Right. Exactly. The show has such heart. It really is just. It's that exactly what you're describing of, like, I have half an hour. I want to fill that half an hour with something that I know is going to make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it so brilliant. And that's not me saying, look, we're so funny, but I'm just saying that's the reaction I get from people. Absolutely. Um, I would like to ask you about Jack and how – it's always fascinating to me how an actor revisits a part, especially after Mm -hmm. that length of time. Mm -hmm. Did you have to do any, like, did you rewatch old episodes? Did you? You know, I don't really do that a lot. I mean, I have mm. seen some, in, but yes, I, I, as soon as we knew it was happening, I watched <laughs> it and I was like, oh my God, the energy it yeah. takes. <laughs> the, <laughs> totally. the energy it takes to play this character is yeah. just, I can swear, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It's f-ing, Bleep it. f-ing exhausting. <laughs> but, um, um, but I welcome it. I, I mean, I love the gig, and I love playing yeah. him, and I love the writing, and I love the experience of playing him. And the opportunity to get it again, I always equate to the fact that all of us wish we could revisit our childhood again, and this is, I mm. think, the closest thing you get or you can come to it is um, is hmm. is playing this character again because he is almost um, Peter Panish. He's almost, oh. you know, he's very youthful and interesting. And, and doesn't change. And people are like, you know, a lot of people ask me, are you worried about the fact that I am older, but the char- is the character then older? Yes, the characters mm-hmm. are our age. Mm-hmm. To which I always say, you know, the, the friends you and I and everybody else has in college and high school, mm-hmm. and if you still have those friends, they're still the same. Everybody's yeah. still the same totally. at their core. Yeah. So none of us really grow up past high school, it feels totally. like. Yeah. And so, sure, we hopefully are, have more wisdom and, and are smarter and more self-aware and all those things we, we hope on people and for ourselves. But at the end of the day, um, we are technically the same. And so cool. that's, that's we, talk, we talked a lot about that, too, when we were talking about the characters, especially Jack, is... You take you take all those things out that made Jack funny because now he's older. It doesn't make any sense. It's yeah, he's still Jack, and I, I have friends that are like Jack. You mm-hmm. know that are can't oh, yeah. still can't find love, still can't hold a job, mm-hmm. and are wonderful people mm-hmm. and hilarious, and <laughs> unfortunately just haven't found success in those two areas, um, yeah. or, or, or they go in and out of success. Right, and so. Um, and no judgment to them, but they exist, and those are yeah. some of my closest friends. And so Jack's very real to me. Yeah. And did you have to do any, like, that energy you're talking about? What about – talk to me about the physicality. physicality yeah, like, so, you know. Getting back into that. It was. It was rough. Clownish? Can yeah. you say clownish? Or? Yeah, he's a, he's a clown. Yeah. I don't mind. I mean, he is a clown. I, I have friends that are clowns. I'm a clown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's um, a compliment. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, – uh, yeah, the energy. Well, thankfully, that's what theater is supposed to teach you and has taught me. Yeah, cool. Is the endurance of of energy, and so when you do eight shows a week, yeah, on Broadway, it's like it's it's excruciating. Yeah. I mean, 
it really is. People don't quite understand, nor is it their job to understand their jobs just to be entertained. But <laughs> it is um, it is a lot of work. And right. so when the show first started, I was like, how am I going to – like the first two, three days, I was like, I can't do – this is <laughs> insane. But once the train leaves the station and you're shooting episode one and you know you have eight months to go, oh. all of a sudden you wake up with – you're in that frame of mind like, got to go, got to do, got to do eight shows a week, eight shows a week, eight shows a week. Huh. And so – it's because of that mentality that make that gives you the energy because uh, the the um, opposite of that is death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like you have to oh, be funny okay. or you or just be dead. Well, so the foundation of your of being on Broadway is is kind of directly helped because in theater when I was younger, much sure because yeah. that that endurance it's instinctual once it's in you, it's yeah. in you. Yeah, for sure. And you've signed on for eight months of playing Jack, and you're like, here we yeah. go. Yeah, and and there is that challenge of like, oh my god, I got to pick up this glass in a funny way that I've never picked it up. I got to <laughs> enter the room in a funny way I've never entered. And uh, so it is. Um, and you, you know, you, you see sixteen episodes. I got to come up with sixteen new ways to, and then the next season eighteen, and the next season eighteen, and you know whatever it is we do and. Oh my gosh, um, that's the that's the miracle of a, of a sitcom acting, and you guys are the best sitcom actors there are. Oh, you're very sweet. So that's, I, that's what I want to ask is like, do you really have to do that with every picking up the glass, like every opening of the door? I mean, I don't really, have to, but no, I, I. It's what you guys do above and beyond. Yeah, I mean, it's it's called doing the work. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's I could just phone it in at this point or not care, but I care too much. I, I and I love that okay. I care too much and yeah. you know, um that's my job. That's our job is to care. And you can mm-hmm. tell when people don't. Yeah, sure. And it's the kind of show, I guess it's specifically the kind of sitcom that that is geared towards ingenuity and like physical mm-hmm. reinventing yeah, how he enters a room. Yeah. How and fast sometimes he you know, the room. and sometimes it is just Max Muchnick, who's hilarious and a good friend and the creator of the show. Mm. He's like, "Can you just walk in like a person?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's always better to be asked to tone it down. Yeah, right. right? Than to tone and it I'll up. Say, yeah, so you'll see me just that, literally just walk in like uh-huh. a regular person. But um, but other times, you know, there's other things within the show that. But that's what's fun doing. That's what's fun doing it is in front constantly, of live audience, co- yeah, yeah, in front of live audience, but coming up with. New physical things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like, you know, watching uh, the show or me, I would suppose, is a lot like watching Tom and Jerry, where it's like you don't <laughs> need my dialogue sometimes because you just watch me jump around like a monkey. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. But unfortunately, you do need the dialogue. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Um, how, how many takes are there per scene? Well, James, James Burroughs is our director. He's directed every single episode. You know, know him from directed Cheers and, of course, mm-hmm. the first years of Friends and Frasier and Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory and just goes on and on. And t- Mary Tyler Moore and Taxi. Every multi-cam. Yeah, that's yeah. a hit. He, um, he's directed uh, every single episode of Will and Grace. And so... He has his process, which is very fast, louder, faster, funnier. So <laughs> he is uh, he's a master at, at knowing exactly what he wants. And, and he, to, a testament to the writers, you know, if it's not on the page, it's not on the stage. So right. if it's not working within a scene and we try it up in a different way, it's not, it's not the blocking. It's not anything we can figure you go out. back. And that's, that's the process of a multicam. And then the writers fix it, and then the next hmm. day you do it. But... To answer your question from eight hours ago, yes, um, two takes. We do two takes every single on scene. Only two takes, or maybe three. Oh, okay. Um, but and then the little oh. pickups that I have to do, but full from the beginning to the end oh. of each scene, we'll just do two takes, and then. So it's either it. the first or the second take that's uh, used. I mean, occasionally it's three or four, but I would say seventy to eighty percent of the time it's two takes. Wow. And the how does rehearsal work? I mean, that's the thing. It's like you just rehearsed it for five days. If you don't have it, there's Is something it wrong. <laughs> wow. You know you, what I mean? You need one episode for days or one scene for days? One episode okay. for in five days. But it's only 35 mm-hmm. pages. Not only that's that's long. 35 to 40 pages. But yeah. you have your stuff. So huh. um, it's first or second take. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, I don't, you don't need any more. If you know the characters and there's a rhythm. Now, by now, there's definitely a rhythm. Of course. So we got it. But, um, yeah. And um, now I find myself in other jobs. Like, um, when I, I did Promises, Promises on Broadway. And yes. I made sure, because of Jimmy Bros, you know, know your lines, know your lines. That's all he says. Uh-huh. I memorized the entire 
uh, script before our first day rehearsal. Before, okay, wow. So because of Jimmy Burroughs, I was rehearsing for one week. You know, you still have two months to go. I was like, mm. I'm ready to open the show. <laughs> really? Cool. <laughs> you know, I was like, so... That's your work ethic. That yeah. is, yeah. Totally. I, I like working fast. Yeah. Well, in a recent episode, you and, and Megan Mullally did the slapping thing that you've done before. Yeah. And that rehearsal must... I mean, do you have fight choreography? Do you have fight... Um, that's the, that stuff we don't. I oh. mean, if it's just like slapping and stuff. But it's a marvel. Yeah, well, like... thanks. That's so funny. It's a marvel. Um, that's sweet. I, I, but that's me and Meg, too. Like, yeah. we'll do it with Jimmy a little bit, and then he'll go off and direct another scene, and me and Meg will stay behind and work on it together. So um, just to, again, it's nice to be around actors who uh, want to do the work and are... And care and want it to be the best mm-hmm. it can be. And whenever I do a scene with, with any of them, we all feel the same way. So that slap scene, Megan and I definitely spent quite a, quite a long time on. And when, in the original run, did it really does seem like you, the four of you has always had that just seamless sitcom finding each other's rhythm and playing off each other. Like, did that click for you right away? It did. And I think it's because of our uh, theater background. I think uh-huh. when you have mm-hmm. a background out there, Deborah, Eric, Megan, and myself all have uh, very extensive background in theater. Mm-hmm. And I think when that happens is there is a language, a shorthand, and a <laughs> um, rhythm, and a, all of those things um, that you learn in theater uh, we applied to the sitcom because really multicam sitcoms are theater. There's totally. just a row of cameras in between you and the audience, but there's no difference otherwise. I mean, is this, is it the same? Is it really like in terms of you're playing off of them, you're riding the laughter, like right. all of that is is just cameras are added? Yeah, I mean to me. Wow. And you know, and there's four of them, so mm. there's so many cameras. It's like you got to pick up something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to just turn them on and walk away. Is what I always say. Uh-huh. But that's another thing that that you learn on the job, season one of your show, right. and then by the time you're here, you, it's second nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's um, of course it took me quite a while to learn all of that. I, I definitely didn't. Yeah, I'd never done a TV show before. Will and Grace. Well, in sitcoms, I think usually it's rare that a sitcom starts off with every character knows every actor knows exactly what they're doing with the character. Everyone knows where the story is going. Right, right. It's more like I remember um, Karen is her voice is not as high in the pilot. Yeah. And or the second episode. made these little finesses and like. Yeah. And I played Jack a lot different at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I played him more like me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as the show progressed and the, the, um, Characters evolved, and this, you know, the hist- the backstories and the histories of the characters mm. were brought to the forefront. Cool. You started to understand them more, and then I started elevating his voice and his actions and his everything, mm-hmm. um, and that seemed to work mm-hmm. for me. It's that bigger, louder, faster, yeah. mentality. Yeah, which Something like only that. works for for that kind of writing, I think. Yeah, and I have, I have personally, Sean, me, has a lot of anxiety. Um, as a lot of us do yes. in the business. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we'll get into it. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and so a lot of my anxiety is also, uh, and I'm learning how to deal with this, but a lot of it's filling empty space. So um, if, I, if I came into a, 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 a room, I would have to fill the space for me mm. because everybody, everybody else is so comfortable. But I'm, I, have to talk, I have to talk fast. I have to fill the space. I have to do this. I have to mm. do that because nobody's doing it. And, um, mm. But in reality, everybody's doing their own version of it. And so for right. me, it's my own issue. Gosh, is, yeah. um, so I brought a lot of that to Jack, too. It's like I come in. I got to fill the space. I got to entertain people. I don't want people to be bored. I don't want people to be uh-huh. uninterested or, or tune out or stuff. So I talk fast. Totally. I move fast I, to keep people's attention. And I think mm-hmm. that's me and it's also Jack. That's awesome. And that's why we, we love having you here specifically on this podcast because we're backstage. And as you know, you're playing, you're a working actor and you're playing a working actor. And we always love, yeah, like, I know, that what funny? experiences of your working actor life inform him? Because it sounds like well, it's so funny. Yeah, that anxiety I mean, is one of them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, Jack's a working actor in quotes, you know, yeah. with a, with a de emphasis <laughs> on working. Um, uh, what was the question? <laughs> Um, in terms of being a working actor, especially, I guess, at the beginning of creating Jack, mm-hmm. did that inform? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that 
I don't know, you know, yes, of course, it's it's always funny to use your own experiences into a uh-huh. character you're playing. And so it, it was, and the writers knew that about me, and I, I love that. I guess there's a lot of, I don't know, Ma- Max, who created the show again, Max uh, has a lot of friends who are working actors, too, mm-hmm. so it's easy for him to write Jack that way. Mm-hmm. And um, and fun for me to play, yeah, because you have, you have to call about you have it to call upon, like the auditioning and the stories mm-hmm. about auditioning and <laughs> and going and not getting it. And it's it's a fun thing to do because it is so real to me. Yeah. What kinds of auditions are you talking? Are there audition horror stories that me? Yeah. Oh God, there's you so must. many. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many like improvising and during when I was much younger, like not getting a laugh at all. All the improvise. It took That's me so horror. long to realize. Oh, you shouldn't add anything. Like it's such an insult to the writer. Oh, you like know? new lines. Oh, yeah. And I would do that, and people would be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, you know? I see. People would be like, "Screw you." Actors don't. <laughs> we'll believe you. Actors, the perception is like, "How dare you write my?" You know, I'm the writer. You can't invent for me. You don't know what right. you're talking about. Well, yeah. but they're right. Like it's so insulting. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, yeah. What else do you wish you'd known? Oh gosh, this um, is always what our listeners want to hear. Like, what mistakes not to make in the audition room? Like, don't don't ever ask a question. If ever? You come, it, oh. Ever? Oh, okay. Because if you have to ask a question about, or ask it, you know, have your agent ask it, or ask it before you go oh, in to mm-hmm. somebody else. But when you come in, so many actors come in and be like, "So I have a question. Yeah, what is it? Well, about the character. Like, how do you see him? Yeah, like the motivation. But if you're asking the... us how you how we see him, you already point. blew the audition because yeah. we want to know how you see them. Yes, we want you to walk in and be the part. Yeah, and if you're not the part, then maybe you'll be another part someday, and you're just not this one. Right. But but it's the it's the risks you have to take as an actor mm. to go in confident. Mm-hmm. Like you know exactly how this should go, and if you guys don't get it, then it's your loss, not mine as right. an actor. Yeah, that's what you want to be. Yeah, as opposed to coming in and literally asking, "What do you guys want?" Hey, what do you want? Yeah. Well, now we we don't even want to see you read anymore. No, not even that. Not to be a jerk. Also, about like it. a whiff of desperation in that of like, "I'll be whatever you need me to be." Right. Just and be sometimes yourself. You want them to be yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's the only way to get a part. Yeah. That's the only way to get a part is be totally authentic and true to who you are and as it relates to the character, and how you relate to the character. As you said, your experiences are what best inform. That's right, yeah. And but, you can um, bring that also into the audition they, room. Say again? You can bring that into the audition yeah, room for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Because when, when they say, this is the this is the thing, People, actors will come in and they'll say, they'll ask a question like, how do you see this part or, mm-hmm. or uh, whatever that question is. And you'll explain it to them because you're nice and you have to, you want to yeah. help them. And then they do it how they're going to do it anyway. <laughs> They're going to do it I exactly see. with no change. No flexibility. Yeah. yeah. No. So then why did you ask the question in the first place? Yeah. Um, so it's just like they be, want, they're like, I would like more direction. And you give it to them and then they don't take, take it. The right. Direction. Yeah. How not to audition. This is great advice. Yeah. But it's, I'm just going through it right now because I'm in the middle of pilot season. Yeah. And you see, you know, you're, I love actors and they come in mm-hmm. and they're so, I, I just want them to, the only reason I say any of that is to help and make yeah. come off harshly or, or brazen. But yeah. it's um, it's only because you you want everybody to be great, so yeah. that the choice is hard. And you see, so many of them, yeah, the choice is going to be hard. And as you said, there's often the case. How often is it for you that an actor comes in and they nail the audition, but they're not right for that part? Yeah, all the time. And then they'll you will think of them for another part. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. If you come in with solid choices and every not mm-hmm. every line, every word, because Ooh, I will see yeah. a lot of actors too say a line and then check out, and say the next line and then check out. Interesting. It's like stay in the scene, figure out what the scene's about, hmm. and just play that. Yeah, Amy Sherman Palladino said something similar because she her show is. I think similar to Will and Grace, it's very snappy dialogue. There's a lot of words packed in there. And she said, don't wait until the pause. She's actually sort of said the opposite. Don't wait until the pause to, like, make a choice or do some action. Right. You have to act on the words. That's right. Every single word and has to have a choice. And act between the words and between, and between the your words. lines while you're waiting. And in an audition, you have maybe three minutes. you got to be, like, zeroed in, right? right. You've right. got to have those choices ready. Right. And so how often do you throw them a curveball and say, that was really solid, Try it 180 degrees. Of course, if they if if you see that there's something there, you uh-huh. know you you, you, you want to work with them. Yeah, like, for sure. We're onto something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's amazing too. And by the way, always have it memorized. 
always, mm-hmm. no question. Yeah. You can hold the sides, but don't ever not have it fully memorized. Mm-hmm. That's the work. That's yeah. the work. The work is to memorize the words. Yeah. And you did enough pilot seasons as an actor that now you're on the other side of the table and you're you're able to pinpoint which are the mistakes that lose you the job and which are the yeah. preparation that's going to get you, the, maybe get you the yeah, job. Yeah, because it's all about, I mean, it's like any other business in the entire world. It's all about building relationships. How do you build relationships? Mm-hmm. You are a kind, hardworking person. That's it. Mm-hmm. You are hardworking and you're kind. Now you have to be a little bit talented and you'll be great. Yeah, that's You're funny good to, go. to me that the talent part is it is almost well, lower on the spectrum. Yeah, like, because there's so many <laughs> there's so many talented people in this town. The only reason you get a part or not is if you're kind and hardworking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's so funny. I I used to run tables at uh, Red. There was a restaurant called Red. Okay, I don't know if you remember that. It was on Beverly in the late '90s, and. Um, and somebody asked me as I was putting their food down, so are you an actor? Uh-huh. And it was kind of like, because everybody's an actor. Every waiter's an actor, right? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I am. You know, you're kind of sheepish about it. <laughs> and he's like, boy, that must be really hard out here. And uh-huh. I go, I was 26 years old. I go, it's hard if you're bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's really true. If you're bad, it's yeah. going to be really hard. You're going to go you're going to get a lot of no's. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cuz all you have to do is be a little bit good. Yeah. A little bit good, you know. And then and then you grow into having to be really really good. Uh-huh. And not just a little bit good. Yeah, as opposed to starting from nowhere and Yeah, and staying there. <laughs> right, cuz very few people start off and they're just really good. You got to kind of be bad first to get that and training. And maybe the reason for me saying that is is because you there always has to be a self-awareness. You always have to know yeah. what you are as a product and mm-hmm. what you have to uh, offer the marketplace. So if there's yes. you know, if I'm just a person who says words, well there's mm. a millions of those there's millions of those actors. Mm. But if I'm a person who says words in an interesting way and infuse myself in them and my personality, mm. then your chances skyrocket. Yeah. And it does sound like it really comes a lot it's all comes back to the training, to the specifically theater training, that that's your foundation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. In terms of in front of the audition table, behind the audition table, it all comes back to like the endurance, the mm-hmm. versatility, the I don't know the ability to perform live in front of people like that. Yeah, well, that's a it's a different uh, venue. This the multicam. Yeah, yeah. it's really it is. So I, I, it's so second hat to me that like when somebody <laughs> like a guest star comes in and is nervous about it, I I have to take a beat and go, oh yeah, of course. I'm so used right. to it. It's so foreign <laughs> to others. Whereas other things are foreign to me, and I go in scared. You know. Yeah, like what race car driving. Are I'm you kidding. <laughs> no, I've never done it. It's just the first thing now? I thought of. Uh huh. What do you remember about that first, those first seasons and the pilot and everything? Um, was it I, terrifying? Was it? Oh my gosh! It was. It was the most terrifying thing in the world. It was. Um, I was so 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 sick in that pilot. Oh really? I was just so fluey and uh-huh. because of the anxiety and I couldn't believe it and I saw myself on the monitor and uh-huh. I was like, oh my oh, god, I'm on TV. Yeah, that's freaky. like it was so bizarre. Yeah. But I uh, I was really, really nervous. And, and it was just a pilot. There was no, like, for sure this will run nope. for seven seasons. I was just happy to get a job, you know? Yeah. I was like, because you hear the word pilot thrown around so much. Like, mm-hmm. I want to say I got a pilot. And yeah. sure enough, I, I got the chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was really, really nervous. I was really – and Jim Burroughs was, oh, you know, yeah. he's a god. So I was like, who's this guy? I mean, I mean, I knew who he was. I was like, oh, what's yeah. this going to be like, you know? Mm-hmm. I was just all of it was so nervous. I don't know how I got through it. Yeah, and you know you think you're going to get fired every other week, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Had you been in many other pilots before that? I never done oh, TV. No. Okay, uh, uh, amazing. I did. I did like a couple um, reenactment mystery shows. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, in, in Chicago, love it. Yeah. And I did like fifty commercials. Oh okay, or something like that. When I, by the time I was moved out, and while I was here. So, but as far as a part on a TV show, I never got mm-hmm. one before until this. So those most, both must have informed in terms of like, did you get, was commercial, is that considered training as well? Well, it's or was just, it just a job? you learn how cameras work and how, mm. how to do all of that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. um, it's experience. The more experience you have is always better. 
And why did the move happen from Chicago to L.A.? Chicago, I was a music director at a dinner theater called Pheasant Run Dinner Theater, where mm-hmm. I made tons of friends. Anna Klumsky was in uh-huh. um, Fiddler on the Roof when I moved out. To, Amazing. She was still in the show, and then I moved out here. And um, Megan Mullally performed at Pheasant Run Dinner Theater decades ago. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, huh. the people who passed in. Rosa Blasi, who's been on a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I was there in the pit and very young age and playing piano and conducting and teaching the casts, all the music from hmm. Music Man to Evita to West Side Story cool. to Bye Bye Birdie, like whatever it was. Hmm. And um, I just was sitting in the pit, and it's like watching the same movie over and over and over and over and over yeah. again because you don't get to talk or do anything because you're stuck in the pit. Uh-huh. Whereas people on the stage, they get to do a scene, they go backstage and goof around or go back in the dressing rooms mm-hmm. and laughing at them, and then they run down the stairs and do a scene. It just seemed like it was so much more fun. Cool. And so um, I would hear this person got this part in this little movie, Downtown Chicago, or or this play, or this. And so I just got really kind of inspired by that. And um, not that I hadn't done it before. I did plays in high school and stuff like that. But uh, it really motivated me to get an agent downtown Chicago and really pound the pavement and Mm -hmm. take it seriously. And then at what point was was Second City? Second City was, I was 18 years old. Oh, okay. And um, I... Didn't never performed on the main stage. I just went through the, some of the training. Okay, and um, and that was a blast. And then my producing partner Todd Milliner, who taught at Second City, um, that's just a sidebar. We actually found each other in college, so we okay. went to college together. Met when I was like in second year of college at nineteen years old, and here we are at forty-seven. Amazing. Yeah. Was there, but there was also stand up, is that right? Yeah, I did stand up okay. at the comedy, I mean, for like five minutes at the <laughs> comedy store. Five minutes total. What's that? Like yeah, five, five minutes, minutes in your total. whole career. I meant it metaphorically, but um, yeah, um, that was a disaster. <laughs> See, I always like hearing about the stand up because it always seems like it's such a disaster, but it must really inform you. Yeah, I mean, look, I was trying anything to excite my agent, actually. Oh. So I wasn't getting out on auditions. I wasn't doing anything. Uh-huh. And so I was like, what can I do to excite him oh, cool. to, to excite others, uh-huh. you know, and selling me? And so because doing nothing isn't going to excite him. So I was like, I got to get something going on. So I started like a sketch. Jack. Say again? Jack with his one-man shows. Is just yeah, like, right. I got to do something. Yeah. Well, and then I was in a sketch comedy group with a bunch of friends. Okay. And that was really fun. And now John Quaintance, who is a writer on Will and Grace, we start. We were part of that sketch comedy group that we started so long ago in 1998. Um, hmm. Or, sorry, oh. 1995. Uh-huh. And, um, and so it's just bizarre how it all comes back around. But um, what was I saying? Chicago, the journey. Oh, the stand-up. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. then stand-up was uh, – so I just did that to get my agent's attention and – <laughs> uh, you know, it really didn't. It excited him a little bit, but I don't know. It, it excited the audience less. <laughs> uh, okay, but again, good to get in front of people, and you must. Yeah, have for sure. Yeah. That was just part of the mantra that every actor should should accept. Whereas, you know, in that, um, it's just keep doing something. Uh-huh. Whether it's stand-up, whether it's theater, whether it's sketch comedy, whether it's making short films, whether it's writing, whether it's just taking your iPhone and shooting something. It's just mm-hmm. constantly, constantly doing what you are supposedly love to do. Right. And I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like the scarier the better. Like Yeah, for sure. Improv and stand-up are, to me, they're like the two scariest things. Yeah. And um, – that's what's going to push you out of your comfort zone. If you bomb doing that, yeah, you're going to learn sure. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the worst jokes I said was... <laughs> Do your whole routine. Oh, my God. No, one <laughs> joke was, um, you know, they say that doing ballet is one of the most difficult things anybody could do. So I say, don't do it. <laughs> and see, But you laugh, but it's That's a terrible kind of, joke. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's horrible. <laughs> it's kind of like a non-joke? Yeah, it's a non-joke. Yeah. It's kind of like you were like, I'm not going to write a punchline. I'm going to write like. (laughs) I I don't know who I was trying to be. Right. But then so that, but was L.A. like a, 
Is L.A. like this vision of like, I'm going to go and I'm going to reinvent myself? And um, No, L.A. was I've got to, I was being self-aware again. And I'm all about okay. that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's something a human being never fully grasps their entire life. Totally. But you can always try to work towards that. So trying to be self-aware and, uh, and self-aware of my surroundings. I knew I was a young uh, person in Chicago, and I was young enough to realize... I got to do it now or never. So if I move out to I move out to Los Angeles, I can try this acting thing, mm-hmm. and if I fail, I have this musical director gig right. back in Chicago to fall. That was my plan B. So at least I had a plan B in place, That's good. and that all that helped me um, believe that I could move out here and and just even exist. Yeah, you know, I never even visited here. Wow. Yeah, and I got in my car, packed it. And it was after Fiddler on the Roof. That's the dream. I said bye to Anna Klumsky, bye uh. to all my friends. <laughs> and I said goodbye. I got on the road and just with a friend. And uh-huh. we drove, uh, switched turns driving out to L.A. That's so the, that's what that almost stereotype of like moving to L.A. to be an actor is. You go with $10 in your pocket. But you that's just, true. And my car yeah. broke down halfway there and I had to pay get it <laughs> fixed. And oh, my God. It was just, it was, uh, but when you're young like that, you just, you think you're immortal and. Right. Well, I was going to say, like, because of that self-awareness, were you the whole time you were, like, tons of doubt and tons of, like, this is ridiculous. What am I doing? Um, or was it more, like, total optimism? Yeah, it was optimism. Okay. It was, like, anything cool. is better than my home life at the time, you know, being gay and in a small town and mm-hmm. um, yes. wanting to be around, you know, your birds of a feather and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um I, I, I lived, I occupied a space at my house in, in Chicago, in Glen Ellen, Illinois, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I lived there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe that was my own stuff. But I just needed to, I needed to feel good about myself and feel free to be myself and be in a surrounding where I wouldn't, that I could explore and fail freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Kind of that fresh start. Yeah. And I'd never been here, and it was exciting. And yeah. and then I used to travel to San Francisco to. I thought I was gonna be a pop star like Ricky Gervais. Remember oh. when Ricky Gervais was gonna oh, be like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like oh, when I saw his music, I'm like, oh my god, that's. I had the same you problem. I was that. in comedy, but I also wanted to be a pop star. Yeah. And so. Uh, and you had the musical background. You were like. Oh. Yeah. So I'd go and write with a friend in San Francisco and record wow. songs. And my god, it's unbelievable. It's so bad. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that element of the. Yeah, and I was in a pop band in college called Sounds from the Stairs for five years cool and out of college i just played keyboards and sang back up a little bit and danced around like an See, idiot it's all it all informs that yeah probably all informed that one moment of of the big break of getting sure. jack and like well and also what's great about the writers of will and grace is they're smart enough to get to know their actors and the personal oh, yeah. lives of the actors oh, cool and then write towards those strengths mm-hmm. because it's one thing to write a character and just expect somebody to fit the skin of that in, a, in something like a multicam, mm-hmm. um, where you find the seeds of that maybe with an a- actor, the marriage, gotcha. uh, the beginning part of the marriage between an actor and a role. But then uh, as time goes on, if the writers are smart like ours are, they discover new things about the actor that they mm. infuse into the character. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I want to ask too about um, Hazy Mills. Yeah. What What do we What do you do? What's the day to day? Like, how does starting a production company like that work? Todd Milliner and I went to college together. We had a uh, towards the, towards the end of Will and Grace. I looked around and I said, "Wait a minute how How did all this happen? Mm. How did this come together? Like, who Who made that first phone call about?" So Max had this idea, and then he wrote it with David. Now it's this. Now it's a script. Now what do you do? Mm-hmm. So I, well, you get in the door this way, and you meet this person, you meet that person. So and then you do that, and then you build. A, you know, then you sell the show, and then you cast it, then you build the sets, and then you promote it, then you market it, then you have to write the episode. So I was interested in the machine yeah. of how TV. Of building the machine of, of of something like Will and Grace, and so I at that exact same time I started to become inquisitive. Todd, coincidentally. He uh, called me and it's like, I have a couple sh- show ideas. Do you want to get into producing? I was like, that's so bizarre. You're asking me. Yes, because mm. the show's almost over. Where am I going to go when I get out of bed in the morning? It's not like I'm getting these leading roles for movies. So that's not mm. going to happen. 
And so, um, well, you should have been. But yeah, that's not. Well, I'm gay, how and that's how the business of Hollywood works. <laughs> sure. And um, and so that's another podcast discussion. It definitely is. <laughs> I'll start it with you. Yeah, Let's right. Do it. So um, in the closet, yeah. not in the envelope. <laughs> Out of the closet. <laughs> um, but uh, and so we started this company, and the first two shows we sold right away. One was called Situation Colon Comedy. Mm-hmm. Where it was like a project uh, green light for sitcoms. I don't know if you know about this, but we shot two sitcom pilots and we were going to have America vote to see which one they wanted to go to series. Mm -hmm. And so that happened and we shot it and nobody watched and that's that. And then the other (laughs) one was a pilot called uh, Underexposed where we gave filmmakers the exact same short film script. Oh, cool, cool. That was very kind of vague. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh my God! Look at that! What's that? It's coming right towards you, and they could say whatever cool. interpretation they want. They could film whatever interpretation they wanted, and so hmm. we did that. And the judges on that were John Favreau, uh, Trudy Styler, and uh, Craig Zaden. Oh, okay. And uh, cool. that didn't get picked up. Ah. So, uh, and then Spielberg did the exact same show like but, ten years after that. But and, it's the, it's the same thing. Like with any field, you got to. Bomb a couple times. Absolutely, and keep at it. And right? we were like, "Oh, great! This is easy. We sold two shows. You know, this is this is how it goes." And then we didn't sell anything for like five, seven years. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. But we kept at it. We kept building yeah. relationships and meeting people. And now, um, you know, Bob Greenblatt's been just a gigantic mm. friend and uh, mentor and uh, believer in us and an inspiration to us. And he's <laughs> he's so smart and savvy and gets all of it. And so he's been a big advocate of ours, and he uh, was a, one of the reasons why we've become successful, as well as several other people in our lives. And mm-hmm. um, and we just now kind of have it down. And so we awesome. have a system, and your question was, what do I do? I, ha- I bring certain strengths to the company that Todd can't and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Todd brings... Uh, a business background, a second city background, a leadership thing that I don't necessarily have mm-hmm. in the way that he has it. And um, so it works nicely. I have a bunch of um, relationships, respectful, loving relationships that uh, we incorporate into our company. And and our, we have a big, giant sign on our wall in our <laughs> office that says, um, be nice and work hard. There it is. There it is. Okay. That's it. That's all it. That's all it comes down to. That's it. That's the only advice that listeners of this podcast need to hear. Yeah, right? <laughs> so simple. Yeah. But that's Hazy Mills Productions, and we have a bunch of stuff in development right now. History mm-hmm. of Comedy on CNN. Second season's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we just wrapped Grimm last year. Grimm mm-hmm. on NBC. Um, Hollywood Game Night's still going. Yes. Um, Congratulations so do, on the success of Hollywood Game. Isn't that silly and fun? So Thanks. Fun. So fun. I, we love it. It's yeah. it's so awesome and yeah, fun and awesome. it started out in my living room you know yeah right. um, but but it's great because we've figured out how to do game shows one hour dramas mm-hmm. half hour comedies cool. and docu-series mm-hmm. so now cool. we're getting into branding content as well that, that arm oh, cool. and we're shooting our first movie this summer and so Amazing. I I love all of it I love being busy I love mm-hmm. um, not being stagnant yeah um and and we've built a company that we are allowed to be we are we are able to um, switch gears at the drop of a hat because mm. of of the other folks the other the, the great folks in our company. And in terms of wrapping that around a schedule of shooting however many episodes of a network sit, a network sitcom mm-hmm. as you have to do. Yeah, most recently. Well, that's when Todd uh, Todd runs the company, mm-hmm. and. Um, and if I can't, if I'm at rehearsal, which is right next to our office. Oh, yeah, cool. Which is great. So I can the second I'm not in a scene or mm. I have like 20 minutes, I'll really? go over to the office and. Yeah. You're a very hard worker. I love it. I, I grew up so poor. <laughs> so <laughs> what it comes yeah, down it's to? like oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna be poor tomorrow. So um, yeah. that so and also, also yeah. my mom raised five kids by herself. All she did was work, and, and I think it's right. that survivor mode in me yeah, yeah. that gets me out of bed and. Motivates me every single day. That's awesome. Um, and what's next in terms of Will and Grace? Are you also back into the mode of like, did you have like Emmy campaigns back in the day? You were nominated for an Emmy every freaking year. Except for the first one, yeah. Except for the first one. Or maybe the first two. Maybe the first one, yeah. Or which, I don't remember which year you won. But I think it was 2000 season. maybe. Yeah. 
But um, two thousand awards. Has man. that been another two thousand awards? Has that been like another? Um, and we're back into the swing of things, or is the has the awards landscape changed since the original? Oh, that's event? interesting. Um, wow, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, it definitely has. I mean, you know, how many Oscar hosts do you need to make the same joke about nobody's seen these movies? You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. And and, and yeah. which is so sad because they're all unbelievably yeah. artistic incredible pieces of of art you know um but for some reason they they're not reaching as wide of an audience because i don't know why because um i don't i don't have that answer i feel yeah movies are still figuring that out yeah so to your to your question about awards have awards changed i think they've changed in the sense that sadly the masses aren't caring much about of course I'm talking about the Oscars I'd be talking about Emmys sure 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 um, well both yeah, yeah but um, that's as far as the Oscars I, I wish we could make people care but it just feels like they don't as much interesting you know? yeah I think I think our in our bubble of, of Hollywood we mm-hmm. think everybody cares that's true. about all of our movies and right. all of our TV shows but no people have lives and no. they they carve out what they can for what they like yeah and yeah. um but as far as, um, like, Emmys. And with TV, as you said, there's just so much TV that that's another thing of, like, not everyone has seen every TV show. There's no way. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no possible way to fit it all in. So the first time an audience might hear of a TV show is on an award show. Yeah. So I always say, like, the Oscars now is, um, is what the Sundance Film Festival used to be. Mm. It's like an independent film show. Yeah, cool. You know, um, and then the Emmys are the same, are becoming the same way as well as all these Golden Globes and everything. Yeah. It's the first time people are hearing about these things. So it's a wonderful platform to get mm. the message out and to market your show or your movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if that was the intention of the award show. Yeah. And the Emmys weren't conceived with whatever it is, 500 scripted shows are now premiering every year or right. whatever. Right. And it's that thing of like, I think the Emmy has become more valuable because of that sheer competition. Absolutely, yeah. Getting a nomination does put you on the map. It yeah. does like show people. It means a lot more. Even honestly, to be nominated, I know it's such a jokey oh, yeah, cliche, no, but sure. it really is truly a, a bigger deal now to be mm-hmm. even nominated. Yeah. And so um, mm-hmm. the nominations that we've gotten this year is just like it's 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 incredible because of that point because there's <laughs> so many to choose from that. If we get um, invited to the party, it's just a huge honor. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations. I This this interview is actually not going to run until we're recording this in February, but it's not going to run until summer. But I expect great things for Will and Grace. Oh, season thanks. Season nine? Season, what is it? Season, uh, season nine, yeah. yeah. Season nine. Um, do you have any parting words of wisdom oh, gosh. for our listeners? I was going to ask you the same thing. <laughs> Uh, Me, wisdom for you? Yeah. Um, I'm always welcome to it. Um, uh, Do I have any parting words of wisdom? Oh, my gosh. I wish people could see themselves. Sometimes I get invited back to Illinois State University where I went to school because it's got a great theater program. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk to the kids. And um, I've always had this mantra my whole life when I first started creating goal lists. Because I think it's important to write down what you want, and um, hmm. and it's it, it can be anything. Like my personal goal is it's it's anything. It's stream of conscious making lists and literally numbering them. So number one might be read more mm-hmm. books, or number two might be work out more. Three might be eat better. Four might be book a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, five might be you know whatever it is. When I was a, a, a younger person, and it's really bizarre how if you write them down, you work towards them. Yeah, they really do come true, I believe, Excellent. if you focus your goals like that. And part of what I tell the kids is, in addition to making goal lists, is there's two questions I always ask myself. What do you want? Mm-hmm. And then what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. So what do you want yeah. uh, is very uh, specific to you, and you must be specific when you write it down. Mm-hmm. Because um, you, you literally, in America, if you are 
you know, if there's no limitations in your life as far as handicaps or anything like that, mm -hmm. you can literally have and be anything you want. I don't yeah. think people realize that. Sure. And because you, you get in your own head and you... Totally. But if you write down what exactly is it you want to be president of the United States? Do you want to mm -hmm. run a studio? Do you want to be a, a very famous working actor? Do you want to be um, a respected actor? Do you want to... Uh, you know, be a doctor, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you write it down, you write it down. And then if you ask yourself, well, what am I waiting for yeah. to make the first step, the first phone call, the first email, the first whatever it is to make those things totally, happen? Totally. There's no reason why those things shouldn't come true. Because so often the answer to what are you waiting for is some, it's some excuse. It's some way of getting in your own way. Right. And like your inner saboteur. Right. That's what it's called, apparently. So those are my words of wisdom. That's excellent. Thank you so much, Sean Hayes. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on In the Envelope. In the Envelope, an awards podcast, is recorded at Lotus Productions, Hyperbolic Audio, and Big Yellow Duck in New York City, and Soundbox LA, Mark Grouse Studios, and Buzzies in Los Angeles. Special thanks to Julia Anrather and Ryan Derringer. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and follow us on Twitter at In The Envelope. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet. And thank you to the team at Backstage, the most trusted name in casting. That's Peter Rapoport, Rowan Al-Khatib, Francis Ramos, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, Mark Stinson, and especially Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope. I'm really loving the uh, marlin. Is it a marlin? A sailfish? Uh, yes, but it's not a real fish. No. Um, I'm aware. But is it? has it always been there? No, it comes out in, in May. That's our summer decoration. Is that your seasonal board? Oh. Yes, that's our seasonal board. Listeners, what I'm looking at is a metal or plastic metal. Is it inflatable? two-dimensional and it's hanging on the wall and it's bright blue and green and yellow and it does make me feel like we're on a tropical somewhere yeah back home in your land hey back home tiki bar. depending <laughs> on when this is is airing yeah. i am on my way to hawaii or i've just gotten back right <laughs> yeah and i'll still all be of that <laughs> keep all of this and i'll still be in philadelphia rainy philadelphia <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> if there's ever yeah if there's an episode where we're like this banter we need needs fish spicing related up. Chat. Yeah. <laughs>